real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast. Be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by a new sponsor, Captivate.fm. Are you considering starting your own podcast? The first thing you are going to need is a podcast host. The podcast host I use and recommend is Captivate because they focus on growing your audience and show. Some of their features include unlimited podcasts and storage, web player calls to action, one-click sponsor kits, private feeds, promo links, link shorteners, detailed analytics, integrations, and more. Plans start at just $17 a month. Start your free seven-day trial at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash get captivated. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash get captivated. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I am your host, Sarah St. John, and my guest today is the CEO of 360 Sales Consulting, a company helping businesses excel in sales and dramatically increase their bottom line. Their proprietary sales system has been recognized as a game changer and is in demand by companies of all sizes throughout the United States. Welcome to the show, Ben Brown, or is it Benjamin Brown? Whatever. Well, can you give us a little bit more about your background history and how you got into this area of entrepreneurship? Well, I have two other businesses. And so (laughs) I've been in sales for 26 years. So my goal was actually to teach. And so the concept of it, this part of my life, I had a need that I wanted to educate other people. So I sat down and tried to figure out what I wanted to teach. Should I go back to school? And I realized I had a knack for teaching people how to actually sell since I've done it for a while. So a lot of people can do it, but to teach it is a different thing. So I've worked for million dollar companies, multi-million dollar companies, building sales teams, educating in sales, working with entrepreneurs one-on-one because everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, but a lot of people don't know how to close. Selling is the first thing you should do when you you should actually have that skill or that education when you go into business, because that's what it's all about. Nonprofit, profit, doesn't matter. You need to know how to move the product and how to explain it in a way that you can help your customers, because that's what sales is exactly about. So it's a different language is what I tell people. Yeah, and you have a book, right, called Master the Art of Closing the Sale. Awesome. Can Mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, it helps people to educate them based on a system because every sales process is a process. So if you do not have a sales system, then most of the time you're just winging it. You're building based upon your personality, your enthusiasm about your product and all of this stuff. People don't care about that. It's how you actually communicate with them to figure out their needs. And if your product or service covers that in a way where you're not offending them, not being harassing and being able to help them in a process to understand, are you wasting their time? Not yours, theirs. Their time is more important than yours. So you take yourself out of the sales process, you'll start to educate on how you could best benefit them. Because most companies are more about me, me, me. We've been in business. We do this. We do that. People really don't care. I use the analogy of a refrigerator. You're going to go get a refrigerator. You don't care where you get it. It's a refrigerator. As long as it has a warranty, the price, and it works, that's basically what it is. You can go to Sears. You can go to Best Buy. You can go all these different places. 
really doesn't matter where you get it. So, you know, you could be in business for 50 years selling appliances. It really doesn't apply to me. I don't care. Does it work? Will it keep my food cold? So that's kind of some of the ways you have to change the mindset of people if they're not thoroughly educated in what a sale actually is. Yeah. Versus like about the company and who you are and what you do and all that stuff, focusing more on like the result, I guess, that they're going to get, that the client will get, how you can help them. But they're focusing, I guess, on the result and what's going to change for them versus all of your accolades and this, that and the other and reasons they should work with you and all that stuff. (laughs) Right. And people don't focus on that. They talk too much. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you don't have a proper sales process, no times there's a number of things that you're doing. You're depressed. You're not prepared. You're talking too much. You're not letting the client talk enough. You're not stopping. You're not pausing. All of these things come into place when you're having that communication. I think the best, one of the best is like being interrogated by the police for a case. You know, they sit you down, they go through a process of trying to figure out, you know, and then they play with you mentally and all these other things. And then they sit you in there for hours to break you down. Right. And it's the same thing that you do for a client. Like, can I help you? And you need to do that in a certain manner. So in short, to help with a sales process is that you'll get a sale. If you're selling pet rocks, it doesn't matter. But the sales process is going to shorten its time between the sales. You talk about something called the 10 step sales process. Can you go Mm -hmm. into that a little bit? Well, every sale has 10 steps, but not every company needs 10 steps. So in that process, if you understand what those steps actually are, and is it applicable for your business or service? Because sometimes I have, I customize the sales process depending on product or service, but there's 10 steps normally in it. So if you can understand those 10 steps that when you're having that communication, knowing where you're at in, in your process is important. Right. So there's three things you need to do in a sales process simultaneously. You need to know where you're at. You need to listen to the client and you need to be calm. And you have to do all three of those things simultaneously in, as, as far as being uh, watching uh, the person, listening for those different tones that's telling you that you're on the right path. So it, it takes practice and a lot of people don't practice So the difference I provide is that we do a lot of practicing. This is just basically theory. Everything is theory, right? The programs that you get for $397 is theory, but you have to apply that. The only way you can do it is by practicing. Mm -hmm. So with the 10 steps, it's kind of like it depends on the client where they're at in their journey as far as whether or not they work with you or not. And then you're able to determine like what of the 10 steps that you need to start with, I guess. No, the 10 steps give you the qualification to realize. Uh, So where you're at in your process, like the first step is getting prepared. Did you come into work on Monday hungover from Sunday? get ready for the nose if you're in a sales standpoint, right? You're not ready. So why do it? Why waste your leads? So some people don't think about that. So you're you're wasting sales right there. Number two is connecting and relating. Now we're building some type of relationship where I can ask you difficult questions because I need to know those questions in order to help you. And if you feel offensive or off, we ha- don't have that connection, you're not going to answer those questions honestly. You might not answer them at all. And I'm not going to be able to go anywhere. Number three is qualification. Am I talking to the decision maker, the right person? Is there other people involved? If I don't get that, I'm not moving any further. Why should I repitch somebody or give the person the knowledge to try to pitch the other person? Go tell them this. You're not a salesperson. They normally come back and say, 
the kiss of death is we decided we w- moved into a different direction. You mm-hmm. heard that? Let's call it kiss of death. That means you, you messed up. You didn't tell them and they don't have to tell you what you did wrong. So you go back into the next call, assuming and doing the same thing again and again and again and again. And then maybe months or years later, you get your resume ready to go back to work for someone. This is not working. When you're on a sales call with someone, what do you recommend as far as the process or maybe like an outline of or sequence of, of how you should approach it? Well, the steps is what you do, but I tell people the first thing is 80% of sales is confidence. Mm. Most people, we're generation X, gener- what generation is, we don't automatically come out of college with confidence or anything of that nature. You have to have a willingness to fail. It's like dating. People complain, I can't find anybody. Are you dating? No. Well, you got to date to find somebody, right? So in sales, you got to go out and fail and figure out what you've done and improve that and actually keep getting improvement because sales is just like anything else. You're either getting better or worse every day. There's no constant. There's no perfection. There's no such thing as a perfect pitch, right? Mm -hmm. Always improvement. I've been in for 26 years. I'm still learning things. That's why people, oh, you're a guru. There's no such thing as a guru. It's just a constant learning process. I just know more than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've heard some people say, so the assumption is to basically ask for the sale on the first call, but I've heard some people say that you should, your goal of the first call is to get a second call. Depends on the process. This is why you customize depending on what do you do, like real estate, that's not going to happen. Okay. Car sales is totally different. Door to door is different. Phone sales is kind of different, but it's all kind of the same thing. I've done all aspects of it. So some of them are one call closes, like anything under $200, you know, but if you're dealing with a $10,000 product, you're working with a CEO, CFO, there's a process there. So your main thing is not to waste their time, right? Because that process like insurance, I used to work for a company that did insurance. They only open up for insurance once a year. You better be ready for that. And then the competition is fierce. I'm talking business insurance for health insurance for employees, you know, that's big business. So you're not going to get that right off the bat. That's a process. So you have to understand that as well. The the purpose of a sale, the big secret is to get somebody to move. So a sale is the billboard, call now on the website, click here, put your email in here. All these little things is the process to get somebody to do something. Get out your chair, call now, 1-800-1-800-1-800. And you're like, Okay, I'll call. You know, it's like getting them up to move. Uh, one of the things I used to say is uh, we used to be in a business and they, you could hear the person tapping the credit card on the desk. You could hear it. I said, I can hear it. It's not going to help you unless you read it off. I know the first number starts with a four. What's the second? When setting up a sales call with someone, do you recommend having them fill out some sort of questionnaire type of thing prior to scheduling a sales call so you kind of have some kind of information going into it? So you're looking for qualification. Okay. Well, I have a limousine company, so you can go in there and fill out a request for a quote. But you're giving me all your information, which I'm also being able to understand where you're at, where you're from. How do I connect with you? Oh, your phone number tells me, oh, you're 303. So you're from Denver. Oh, yeah, Denver. I've been to Denver, right? So then, so what you're looking for? So people calm down so I can ask the questions, right? So that's why a lot of people have that on their website. But the thing I tell people is that a lot of things that hurt people is technology. 
they're selling at arm's length. You want the computer to just do everything for you. Just click and buy, right? So I go to some business. I say, when the last time you got on the phone and talked to one of your clients? They're afraid. Mm-hmm. They'd rather just do an email campaign or a drip campaign. I'm like, pick this uh, this 300-pound object up and push some buttons and start actually talk to somebody. And so when you're on a sales call and someone ends it with, well, I'll have to think about it, or mm-hmm. even I'll need to talk to my spouse or whatever it is, what do you recommend? Like, should you, I don't know, I've heard that you should try to be like, okay, well, when do you think you'll have a decision or when do you think you'll talk to so-and-so or mm. could we go ahead and schedule another appointment or whatever? Mm. So in the beginning, I'll ask you, I said, are you the decision maker, Sarah? You'll tell me what? Yes, right? Mm-hmm. Then I'll ask you a little bit down the road. I said, so who besides yourself is the decision maker in that process? So I'm doing that in my process. So when I get towards the end and I said, okay, what credit card are you ready to move forward, Sarah? And you tell me, I got to go talk to who, right? I go, wait a minute. You told me I'm building a case. You mm-hmm. told me you're the decision maker, right? Mm-hmm. And you also told me you needed this product, right? Mm-hmm. So what card do you want to put it on? Because I know you're just, you're giving me fluff. Yeah, they're just trying to, I guess, either buy time or... And I'll say to you direct because it's confidence. Sarah, you know you need this product because based upon what we talked about, everything that you needed, right? What's holding us back? So my close is I, I I know enough about you. I know where you live. We talked. We've been on the phone. You've gone through my process. I'm only going to close you is because you confirmed that you needed this product. We talked enough. I'm not assuming anything. I know you're doing it based upon your natural instinct not to to lay down easy. And I understand that. But based upon the needs of the product that we talked about, you wanted this, right? You really needed this, right? So what part do you want to put it on? So then, yeah, if you get to that point and they're still objecting. When you know sales, you, you want the objections because that gets you closer to this to the sale because you confirm use, need, use, affordability and decision making. So once I get all of those down, there's no reason why you can you can afford it, because in one of my steps, if I'm comfortable enough, I'm actually going to qualify you based upon the price. And I'll say, so if I had a solution for that, we're talking somewhere around about four hundred dollars. Is there anything holding us back from moving forward with this today? Now, I didn't even tell you about my solution yet. And you go four hundred. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Okay, so if that if I'm going to explain to you how we do that and if we can do that, that's affordable for you. Yes. Okay, let me tell you what I have. So then when I get toward the end, you got to think about, well, you got to think about, you got to think about this. You don't have to think about this. You already told me you can afford it, right? Right. So what card are you putting on? So let's say the call ends without the sale. What do you recommend, like a follow-up method of some sort? Where did I mess up, right? If I got all the way down to the 10 steps to close and I didn't close you, in most of the time, salespeople, you have to be critical of yourself. So I get off the phone going, which one of the 10 steps did I mess up on? Most of the time, it's not about the client. It's about you. You're the reason they didn't get the sale. Mm-hmm. But when you start pointing fingers, that means there's a problem. Oh, they wouldn't qualify. Oh, they wasn't ready. And I tell you, I come up to you and Sarah, why didn't you get the sale? You're like, they're just not ready yet. She needs to talk to the wife. I'm like, you didn't qualify. Mm-hmm. But you didn't know about the wife before you asked for the money. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So the, in the steps is to alleviate the pain of knowing that you messed up. All you have to do is reinvest into the steps and then you understand, oh, I didn't qualify. Dang it. You know, we're humans. Right. So you have a system that's telling you how to improve it, rather than just going out there going, I'm a people person and I sell my butt off. 
So then would you still follow up with, like, if they don't give you a no, a yes or a no, and it's more like, I need to talk to so-and-so, or I need to do this, that, and the other thing, or I need time to think about it, or whatever, do you follow up by email? And This 3,000-pound object that people don't like to is actually <laughs> pick it up and call them. And that's why these businesses aren't, I say, is your business valid? If you don't have a sales process, you're in a grandiose hobby. How often well, should you follow up then? All the time. Like at least once a week or more than that? It depends on your product or service, what you're selling. Mm-hmm. That's why I say it's a difference depending on what you're selling and what you're offering. Massage therapy is different than automobile sales, mm-hmm. but it's all sales, right? Do you have a database of people? Your next client is normally your best client is the one you, you just sold. Even people you haven't sold is sometimes could be your best client. I've worked with people didn't sell them. And ask because the, the, the key point of the sale, the sale's not done until the end. It says right here, game changing 10 step process for getting more clients and referrals. Mm-hmm. So there's businesses out there. If you have a valid business that don't need to advertise a market because what they ask for referrals. That's what network marketing is, right? You don't see them advertising. It's all through word of mouth. Sarah, what you doing on Tuesday? I'm having this meeting at my house. How many times you heard that? You would be great. You like soap. Right. You got the whiteboard in the middle of the living room with the chairs. You're like, what's going on? You're being sold to sell for them. So what are the other two companies that you have? You'd, you'd mentioned you have, what, three companies? I'm just kind of curious what what you do. Well, I have a limousine company I've had for 12 uh, years. Oh, okay. And, and then one of my clients I work with part-time to help her. She does book sales. Like you come to her with a manuscript and a, and a title and they do all the work for you. And so, you know, I taught her how to sell and she did great. She made six figures Mm. and you know, you do the good job because they come back and ask you, can you come back? Can you work for us? And I normally go, no, but it was such a good company and it wasn't a lot of my time that I, I help her out by making some phone calls. So it's not really a sale on that point is what not to do, but there's different levels of sales and who you sell to. Like the most difficult two people to sell, the hardest people to sell, the top three is a car salesman. So if you're selling like advertisement to auto dealerships, very tough. Doctors, because doctors don't like to make decisions, business decisions. They have an office manager. They they make medical decisions. They're not business minded. They're doctors, right? And then the the, what, the third one is lawyers, because lawyers get too analytical. They'll get the paperwork. They'll read it. What does this mean? Like it holds up the sale. Like they get too critical about stuff. So those are the three hardest people to sell to to doctors, uh, selling stuff to lawyers, advertising to lawyers, and then the car dealerships because they're like the ultimate salespeople, right? So trying to sell somebody that sells cars, you better have your game tight because they they have theirs tight, right? Mm -hmm. So you better know what you're doing. Well, cool. And you have a free guide at 360salesconsulting.com, free guide. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, the guy gives you a breakdown on the 10 steps, like a, okay. a planogram of what it is. And so each one of those points, when I work with students, some of my students, it takes them about a month after about four or five sessions to start understanding the concept of what I'm talking about in a sales process. You can read it, but what does it mean? And can you do it? Mm-hmm. So the guide gives you the definition of each step as you go along. So like I could take that the 10 steps and do a semester in college with it and break each one of them down because that's how critical each step of it is. So it is, uh, that's why I say sales is a skill. If you know how to sell, you're never out of a job. 
If you're if you're married, you're in sales. If you have children, yeah. you're in sales. But in the Western Hemisphere, we have been taught to go out, go to college, and go get a job and earn what you want. You have to earn it, right? In Western, so everything has a price on it. People that come from other countries, third world countries, negotiate. Indian people, Jewish people, always negotiate, right? They've been taught that. So we don't teach our children that. So when you go to college and then you open up your business, your muscle for selling has atrophied because when you were a child, you could sell because you asked for everything. I want, 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 I want. That's closing, right? And what do we tell children? Don't do that. Don't ask so many times. Stop. You ask one time and I'm done, but it's a close. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. So children are one of the best salespeople in the United States because they close. They ask. They don't care about you. They don't care about what's in it for you. They just want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, until they wear you down. So even children can outsell adults because then I go to you and say, just keep asking for the sale. I don't know. I don't think I can do that. That's why Girl Scout cookies are great. Hey, sir. Hey, sir. Hey, sir. Hey, sir. (laughs) Hey, sir. Hey, sir. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I've noticed that kids are definitely more persistent with right. whatever they're trying to get. Right. They don't know the comfort zone. So as you get older, you go through all these failures in your life. You go to college, you become modest. You don't communicate with people well. You just try to stay in your lane. You go to work for somebody. Then they start this company. Oh, I got this company. I'm a startup. And they get the website. Business cards, you got the account, they get all the Instagram, they start moving this. And I go, okay, sell me your product. What it does is, and I'm like, am I qualified? So do you, uh, I'm like, oh my goodness. And you have a business, but you can't sell your product. You're relying on technology, right? So I came into the game before we had all this stuff. Actually, when they gave us computers, we were pissed off because it slowed us down. I was doing like 150, I did all kind of sales, but one of them I was doing about 125 to 150 dials a day. Just boom. Wow. No computers. Just a note. See, people don't even know about them days. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I've, I've learned a lot and I, I think I'm going to download that guide myself. People can go to 360, that's 360, salesconsulting.com forward slash mm-hmm. free guide. I'll also mm-hmm. have show notes at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash Ben Brown. Well, awesome. Was there anything else that you wanted to touch on that we hadn't yet? The thing I tell people is that only sell a product if you like it or love it. If you don't like it or love it, leave it. Go. That's good. Be sure to grab your free copy of my list of 27 tools, resources, and software programs I use to run my businesses on a tight budget. You can get it at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash 27 tools. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash 27 tools. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack, connect with fellow listeners, share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.